oh, maybe my iron isn't great. You're not thinking about absorption and kind of pairing certain foods together or avoiding having your iron rich meals after like coffee or tea. Those who are very plant forward tend to not think about the iron pairing. I always say my, my little bell peppers are, are my go-to. <laughs> Welcome back to the Your Great Podcast with your host, Unique Hammond. I created this space for those seeking inspiration and tools along your path of healing. I learned on my own journey that healing my body took connecting to my relationship with my body, with how I nourish my body, my emotional and spiritual body as well. And that's all great. But I also learned the power of tracking my blood work. Yep, that's right. And I learned that the hard way because when I got sick, I actually felt the best I'd ever felt. And suddenly the downward spiral was fast and furious. I might have caught that had I been paying attention. I got a yearly checkup and that was about it. And I thought, that's good enough. I'm young and I'm invincible until I'm not. And it really sucked. I mean, yeah, I had painful periods my whole life. Yeah, I lost about I don't know, three or four days every single month to those painful periods. And yeah, but I was fine. That's what I told myself. I'm fine. You know, I just was like, this is my lot in life is to suffer with painful periods. And then later down the road, late 20s, early 30s, bam, Crohn's disease, autoimmune disorder out of nowhere. Where did it come from? I tried to track it down in my family lineage, but nothing. Well, kind of. I mean, Later, it would come out that I had a sister with markers for an autoimmune disorder and another sister with really bad gut issues. And when you start talking to people, you start finding out very different things about your family, by the way. What I learned was that I really needed to track my blood work more often. This once a year business was for the birds. I really needed to keep an eye on my blood to see how things are going and my inflammatory markers, especially now having had a diagnosis of autoimmune. I don't take any supplements, and I'm very excited by that. Not to say that supplements are bad, I believe that they play a role, a very important one, but I have been able to be off supplements for the last nine and a half years. And one of the ways I do that is by keeping a close eye on my blood work to make sure that I am not deficient in anything. And if there are any markers out of balance that I place more attention on how to bring those markers back into balance. I love working with Inside Tracker because they're very food forward. They will give you exactly the nutrients that you need to take to bring up the levels that are struggling. They very seldom recommend a supplement. I love that because I really believe in the food that we eat is enough. We are adaptive creatures and if our food is less nutrient dense than it used to be, I'm pretty sure we're gonna adapt to it. My body has, like I said, supplement free nine and a half years. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Stevie Smith, a registered dietitian who works with Inside Tracker to give you the inside track on how they do the blood work and why do they choose the 43 biomarkers that they do and how do they calculate your inside age and just all of the information that I've gotten questions on over the years about Inside Tracker. I hope you enjoy our conversation and I hope it illuminates some interesting questions that you might have about how often should you be checking your blood and is it of value to you to check your blood more often? For me, it's great value. It confirms that what I'm doing is correct for my body because I get to see it in the data. 
Thank you again for listening today. Enjoy. Stevie, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast with me. I'm really excited to talk about Inside Tracker with you today. And why test? Why test? Why do we test these biomarkers? What does it tell us? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So, I mean, best place for me to start is for those who might not be familiar with Inside Tracker. I'm sure your your clients are, but for everybody else listening, so Inside Tracker is really for the seekers, the strivers, the people who are proactively looking to f- perform at their best. And, you know, of course, per- people here perform and they hear athletes. And of course, I am an athlete, but I even like to remind my athletes that performance isn't just like, how fast can you run? How much can you lift? It's also making sure that you're kind of dialing in your nutrition, your lifestyle to perform in your life at your best, right? It doesn't matter if you can run a six minute mile, but if you can't show up for your family, your friends, work, you know, community, whatever is important to you and be healthy, strong, good energy, just feeling overall well (laughs) and, and living, you know, of course, longevity, healthy aging, very important, living those years to the fullest. To me, that is also performance. So whatever is important to you, you take the time you want to show up to be at your best. So. For anyone looking to perform, it's a personalized nutrition and performance system that will help guide you on a clear path to your optimal self. So this is really kind of looking at how you can take, maybe you're pretty healthy and you eat well, but you want to take it to the next level, looking how you can be even better or being on the offense with your health and staying on top of certain things like your cholesterol levels, blood sugar management, inflammation, et cetera. So you can kind of be in the driver's seat and stay on top of those biomarkers and taking actions that work for you and your lifestyle before it becomes an issue. Yeah, super important. What you mentioned about performing at a high level for your life, right? For your family, for your job. Not It's not just about being an athlete. It's about having these optimal biomarkers you know, the fact that that isn't what's tested in everyday blood is crazy to me because we want to look at optimal for living not just a long life, but a healthy life. I love that that's what in, that's what really drew me to Inside Tracker was that optimal range, you know, like what is our optimal? Not what is our mediocre, but what is our optimal? Right, exactly. As a dietitian, I just, I love that you can be like, yeah, like, I don't, if you choose to be plant-based, like if that is a choice you make, then you can get recommendations based on what fits your preferences. I've always felt very strongly that it's, you know, my job within my ethics to be able to help guide and educate clients on how they can make the best choices for their health, their lifestyle within their preferences. One of the great parts of Inside Tracker is that you can get that information from the platform. You will get the, okay, this biomarker isn't optimized for you. This is why you should care about what this biomarker is. And then here are some recommendations that we pulled together for you on how to optimize this biomarker for you within your, you know, dietary lifestyle, et cetera, preferences. And then for the people who really love 
to read a little bit more and dig more. We have articles linked in there, but also all of the scientific research where our science team drew that recommendation from. They have a very thorough process. It, I'm sure the number is larger, but last I've heard, it was, they have reviewed over 37,000 research papers to pull their recommendations. And following, like I said, those rigid guidelines, pulled the best recommendations to see you know, the most positive impact on what biomarker you're trying to optimize. Amazing. And how long have you been with Inside Tracker? Since 2018, so a little over four years. But I haven't been an Inside Tracker user since 2016. It's been fun to be along the company journey versus the user, but you know, now also as as part of the company. And it has been just it, it's fun to go back and look at my biomarkers, but it's been super helpful for me, not just as an athlete. I started using it as in my heavier Ironman training days, but as I've gotten older and had changes, it's become more of a health and longevity thing. We are not a medical diagnostic company and that's not what we're here for. But, you know, knowing, having all those years of blood work from 2016, end of 2018, 2019, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And well, of course, not diagnostics, none of those biomarkers my doctors wanted to look at for RA in particular were on the inside tracker test, but I got my inside tracker test and I was like, okay, me not feeling well, there really is something going wrong, helps me be like, okay, I have all this information in the past. Now I need to explore and see like what's going on, get that addressed. But now I use it to really help with my inflammation my muscle recovery, because that has all changed drastically with the RA. And my, my doctor's like, oh, the medication is working. Your inflammation is, is really great. And I was like, I'm sure the medication is definitely we're helping some, but <laughs> being able to be super focused and have all the information and all the resources, I'm sure has also played a big role in that. So. I was going to ask you that as it, it, it looks like you predominantly work with athletes. Do you see higher inflammatory markers? in athletes in general, would you say? No, actually not in general. I, I would say it's probably a pretty even split between the general individuals that I see their blood work, you know, generally healthy working out and the athletes. I mean, of course, those outliers, like if an athlete says like, oh, I tested a few days after a really big race, like that would be a higher inflammation level. But it's a pretty even split actually between someone who doesn't identify as an athlete versus athlete, which is always very interesting to me. Sometimes I think, of course, I don't have any science behind this, is that sometimes those people who are in like a heavy training schedule do tend to focus on their recovery after their workouts and are more forward thinking of like, oh, can I include some turmeric or some tart cherry, some of those supportive foods to helping to reduce inflammation versus someone who's like, oh, well, I take spin classes three days a week. It's not that big of a deal if I you know, don't eat right after my workout or et cetera, et cetera. So I always kind of wonder if some of that is in play when I see that even split there. Yeah, it is interesting to me as we chatted before, I work predominantly with kind of rehabilitating people who are sick. And we talk about working out a lot because sometimes when you have a higher amount of inflammation already in your body, is working out and adding more inflammation was the right thing to be doing. And it's interesting that working out does, I've actually had inside, I tested my blood with inside tracker after working out. And even so I could see the lift in inflammatory markers. And I was like, wow, it's really 
it's very sensitive to that inf- inflammation conversation in the body. Yeah, yeah. And it's very interesting. And of course, working with, I've seen a lot of blood. That's always my joke. I've seen a lot of blood work <laughs> with a variety of different people. And like, you know, you see some of these super well-trained elite athletes and just like seeing how well a well-trained athlete will recover and respond versus someone else, maybe like me, who is now battling an autoimmune condition and is trying to work out, but trying to figure out how to balance the recovery now and kind of readjust my expectations, what I, you know, what I'm asking of my body. But of course, I always like to do my plug that not all inflammation is bad. (laughs) Right. Want to see that little bit of response after we work out. It's just more making sure, as I'm sure you tell who you work with, that your levels aren't chronically elevated. You know, you're giving yourself that, your body that time to recover, repair, grow back stronger, et cetera. So I feel like there's a lot of murky water with you know, all inflammation is bad. So I always like to throw that one out there. <laughs> oh, of course. Because I think some having some inflammation in the body is actually asking the body to get better, to grow muscles. It's not just... So there's this fine balance, I feel. Of, oh, yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Not all inflammation is bad. I think I also, interestingly enough, diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. So I, I am always balancing that benefit you know, the risk reward benefit ratio. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a, it's a hard one to balance. And sometimes it's too late and you're like, I did too much <laughs> <laughs> and I'm paying for it now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've had to, I was one of those people that showed up to class, to any class, whether it was orange theory or whatever. And it was like, I'm going to push the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. And and now I'm the person that if I find myself in a class, which I don't very much these days, I'm like, you're 80%, you're 80%. Like, I actually have to tell my brain not to compete because I want to go out and I just want to compete, you know, just like against myself. But yeah. 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 No, it definitely. It, it can be very challenging for sure. So how often would you say the non-athlete should get their blood looked at? Ideally, yeah. So there's a few different answers for this. Typically, I recommend people, you know, once you get your baseline, you see what's unoptimized, what's more important, like what's most important with your priorities, what your goals are. One thing I love, the Inside Tracker mobile app, you can pick your goal, overall health, gut health, energy, et cetera. Heart health is another one too. And set your goals. You can check in on like, okay, these are the actions and recommendations I'm going to take typically say every three to six months, not sooner than three months, because you want to give yourself time to go through, follow through on these recommendations and these actions consistently and start to see the needle move on these biomarkers. If you can test every three months, you can start to see like, oh, okay, like my cholesterol already dropped like 15 points. Great. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Or maybe your cholesterol dropped like five points. And you can check in and say like, all right, am I really following these recommendations or do I need to be be honest? Like that gut check with ourselves. We all do it. I've been flacking on my iron supplement. I know it. So like, I'm going to push my test back a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Do that gut check. Or if you're like, no, I've been doing this pretty consistently. That's where you can say like, okay, what are some other recommendations that came up for my cholesterol? Because of course, Everybody is different. Everybody's going to respond different. Maybe I'm okay eating a cup of oats three times a week and it gets my cholesterol down or my blood sugar, my A1C in a better range, but that doesn't move the needle for you, you know? So maybe it's like, okay, 
I'm going to add in black bean like two times a week. So doing that test at three months, you can start to see like, okay, you should be seeing changes, impactful changes on your biomarkers, but then you can kind of keep continue on if it's working or make some adaptations from your recommendations to continue to move in the right direction. I see a lot of people get very upset if they don't have all optimized biomarkers or doesn't move like quite as much as they would have hoped. And it's not a test. Be kind to yourself (laughs) and just use it as a tool to be like, okay, well, these numbers have gone down and this is improving. But like, let's see what else I can do. Like, how can I continue to to get better? And, you know, if three months, every three months is something that everyone can't do, we just usually say twice a year. So every six months, because you want to make sure that the actions you're taking are having the impact you want them to, right? It's monitoring and evaluating the intervention. Very important. For anyone. (laughs) For sure. And it's funny with my husband, I had him do it as well. And I'd been telling him like, you know, that he maybe would consider some dietary changes. And it wasn't until he got his blood work back and saw, you know, and saw it on the page that he suddenly was like, oh, I need to make some changes. And, And I realized I'm like, actually, it's a great way for each one of us to see in black and white what's actually going on in our body. And a lot of people are like, oh, I feel great, so I don't test. I'm like, that's fine. Like before I got diagnosed with autoimmune disorder, I felt the best I'd ever felt. I was trail running. I was working hard. I just, it was only a couple of years after that point that I was diagnosed with with autoimmune disorder. So to me, having been diligent about my blood work might have started to give me this insight that, hey, there's something brewing. And it's time to start looking at it. You had mentioned iron. So mm-hmm. I'd love to hear the breakdown of iron in Inside Tracker and why they test certain biomarkers there. Yeah. So the iron group, it's always the, the kind of, you know, if it's unoptimized, it can be a little overwhelming, a little confusing. But like I said, every piece of information you need to know about each of those biomarkers and what actions to take. is right there in the platform for you. You just usually have to like (laughs) drop down, show more, read a little bit more, but all the information, especially if a supplement is recommended, how you should safely supplement because can't stress this enough. I'm sure you stress the same. Iron supplements can be very dangerous. Iron overload can be a very real thing. And within that iron group on the ultimate test, you will get all the biomarkers you need, including, you know, in particular ferritin, transferrin saturation, and serum iron, those are usually the big three. If we're considering supplementation or if someone's already on a supplement, we can assess like, okay, is your body absorbing the supplement? Yes or no? Because I often see people come in taking 65, 80 milligram doses of iron just because they were tired or their old running coach used to tell them to take it or their girlfriend takes it takes it because she's tired. And you know, the signs and symptoms of iron overload and iron deficiency are very similar. <laughs> muscle pain, joint weakness. So those numbers can help. You know, I usually will see a, a low ferritin or an unoptimized ferritin, which is a stored form of iron, and a very high transparent saturation in serum iron, which is showing that the body isn't absorbing that iron supplement. It's not storing it how we want it to. But with TS and serum iron, so serum meaning what's in your bloodstream being super high, that shows us, okay, it's not storing it and it's hanging out in your bloodstream. 
And maybe the supplement is now actually doing you more harm than good. Maybe your ferritin is unoptimized, but it's like people have the like, <laughs> I just need to do more, like kind of that thought process of like, oh, more is better. You know, same with like B12, sometimes even in some rare cases of vitamin D that it's not always, it's about getting that baseline blood test, seeing where we're at and then making a very educated safe, smart decision, which Inside Tracker can help you do. You will never see an iron supplement recommendation over 25 milligrams in the platform. Everything else, we have people work with their healthcare provider because like I said, it can be very dangerous. So I think that's super, super helpful for, you know, especially premenopausal females, even if you are active, if you struggle with your energy levels and think iron could be a culprit, it really does give you all of this information, how to safely do it. Always encourage people to also focus on food. We have a lot of great resources within our website, the inside guide on iron and how to optimize your iron intake. Because it's like, I say it's like a tango, it's like a little delicate dance. <laughs> Time in the supplements to promote absorption. You know, there are certain foods and compounds of food like calcium that will inhibit, block the absorption of iron. So, you know, it's a lot, but I just tell people to take it piece by piece. All of, you know, you can find all the information there. And also within, you know, when we're looking at the iron group, we're getting hemoglobin. You'll also get TIBC. And then, you know, everything you want to know about your red blood cells, RBC count, hematocrit, MCV, MCH, MCHC. <laughs> so all of those other markers that can also help this guy, like, oh, maybe this is an iron, but it's B12. You know, we can piece things together and see, okay, what are the next best steps? for you to addressing this issue from that iron group. Lots of beautiful. Yeah, no, beautifully <laughs> said too, because I do come across a lot of people who come to me and they'll just have put themselves on an iron supplement. And I'm like, they're like, I'm tired. So I took an iron supplement. And I was like, oh, like, no, <laughs> I, 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 it hurts. It's just like, you, well, I think people think because you can go into a pharmacy and buy things from a shelf that they're not powerful and supplements are powerful. They can tip the scales within the body of how things are balanced so quickly. So I definitely like being food first in 90% of all situations where you're looking at a situation like, let's work on food and then let's check in three months on how diet is going because your body understands diet so well. I feel like in the app, they're always giving me food first, mm -hmm. and which speaks to how important our diet and dedication to a well-rounded diet is. Yeah. What would you say in, the, in, the, in today's diet, what do you see depleting iron the most? I mean, obviously women, we, we give a certain amount of blood every month, but what, what would you say is generally depleting iron? Yeah, that's a great question. The most part is that people are probably not getting enough from their diet from quality food sources because they're not paying attention to it because they don't think they need to. Runner or non-runner, for sure. That would probably be the biggest thing that I see. But even I like to remind people, even if you are a premenopausal runner, <laughs> even if you're active, right, you're losing it in your sweat as well. It's something to consider there. And then also, if you're not kind of in tune with, oh, maybe my iron isn't great, you're not thinking about absorption and kind of pairing, you know, certain foods together or avoiding, you know, to having your iron-rich meals after like coffee or tea. Of course, people, and always here for people eating more plants, I think we could all eat more plants. But then those who are very plant-forward, plant-focused, however they like to identify themselves, 
tend to not think about the iron pairing. I don't want to classify everybody like that because I have met some very diligent plant forward people who can stay on top of their iron. But I think people who go into it and be like, oh yeah, like this is a great idea to like lose weight or whatever. And they don't kind of do the homework to make sure that they're not depleting their bodies. They kind of wind up in a whole, like maybe they already started with a, a deficiency, et cetera. And then they wind up in a bigger hole and they don't notice it until it's a problem. Kind of going back to the overarching theme of inside tracker, it's like, maybe you want to make a big change or maybe you want to be plant for it. Let's check in on everything. Let's check in on B12, all of those biomarkers that are kind of at risk with a plant for a person. That's just one example. You mentioned eating the proper foods, nutrients with your iron rich foods to help them absorb. And I'm, I'm thinking you're talking about vitamin C. Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. Just want to put it out there just in case anybody was wondering, but yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. I should have said that. That's like when you're so used to talking about it and you're like, don't even think about it out loud. Yes. I always say my, my little bell peppers are, are my go-to. <laughs> yeah. And that speaks to the beauty of, especially if you're an omnivore, I'm a non-omnivore. I have clients who are not omnivores. So I'm always looking at how do you create a plant-rich meal that's getting all of that iron and absorption. And I actually tell my plant clients that you actually have to work harder than I do because animal protein is so bioavailable that all I have to do is is pair it with some vitamin C rich veggies and I know my body's getting the the iron that I need. So yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, circling back, you brought up a great point about the food first approach. Another great thing about Inside Tracker. Yes, there are supplement recommendations, but you can always say like, no, I don't want to take supplements. You can turn that option off. If you don't even want to consider it, which I think is great. Of course, you know, I always feel like kind of like you said, certain, certain, you know, vitamins, et cetera. It's kind of like vitamin D for me. I live in the Northeast. I live in Buffalo. We don't get that much sunshine. So like vitamin D is something I take from a supplement and people sometimes get upset. They're like, but I live in Florida and I'm outside. There's nothing wrong with having to take it. It's just sometimes you just need a little bit more. Your body can't produce enough from the sunlight that it needs. And there's no shame in taking it, but it is always interesting to kind of see like, okay, what can we do with food first? And like, if it doesn't work or they finding, finding it very challenging, then having very, I guess, solid supplement advice where within Inside Tracker, if a supplement is recommended, you will be given like, okay, this is why you should take the supplement. This is how you should take it. I can't tell you how many people I have taking vitamin D on an empty stomach. And I'm like, no, that's soluble. <laughs> you think with that. And it will also tell you the dose. And the dose will be based on your blood work. So maybe your vitamin D is low and it, it's recommended to start at 2000 IU. And you went to say, all right, taking 2000 IU. And then you retest and it's not quite optimized. It will increase it to 5000 IU. Of course, there is a limit, right? We're <laughs> Usually over 5,000, we then go to a provider, but it will also give you recommended brands and, you know, no affiliation to them. We don't make any money, but basically our science team use resources like Consumer Labs, Labdoor.com to find third-party tested quality supplements. Again, going back to what you were saying earlier. <laughs> so important that third-party tested is so important. Again, because I think, I feel like a lot of times you can walk into a pharmacy and buy things that are just full of fillers and and they're not even providing the strength that is needed, right? Like they, because it's unregulated, you can pretty much put whatever you want on there. And 
And who knows what shows up? So that third-party testing is so key. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, the food forward. I've actually been off supplements for the last nine years and just food. Just food. Yeah. Awesome. I always have kind of low vitamin D at 25, but I've never supplemented it because I'm like, I'm Northern European. What I've naturally genetically had lower vitamin D because I lived in a place without a lot of sun. So I actually would like to bring this up because I get a lot of people on high doses of vitamin D. Is there any potential downside to taking too much D and not testing regularly to see where your D is at? Yes, absolutely. So you can, with most supplements and nutrients, there is typically a toxicity, so you can have too much. One of the main consequences of vitamin D toxicity is a buildup of calcium in your blood or hypercalcemia. This can lead to nausea, vomiting, weakness, frequent urination. It can also progress to bone pain, kidney problems, including like calcium stone buildup. So there is a lot of like very potential negative effects of taking too much vitamin D. As we kind of alluded to, vitamin D is fat soluble, meaning that your body stores it. It's going to hang on to it versus vitamin C, which is water soluble, a lot of the B vitamins, et cetera, where you always hear people say like, oh, that's expensive tea. If you take <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> so, so that also makes it higher risk to see some of those negative health outcomes of taking too much vitamin D. So yeah, that's a one I'm sure you see a lot of people, oh, I just assume I have low vitamin D because everybody's already always talking about low vitamin D. Definitely one to not assume for sure. Yeah, that iron, really, really being conscientious about that and not just self-diagnosing without any blood work to back up what you're doing. And and I do see that a lot where it's like, oh, I felt tired. So I started taking iron and vitamin D and I'm like, oh, <laughs> easy tiger. I, I do love that. that <laughs> I do love that Inside Tracker also allows you to do genetics because I do feel like the future of medicine, nutrition is going to be personalized. It's biomarkers, it's genetics to see how that we optimize all of those factors. So I love that that's a component of, of Inside Tracker as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's fun to be like, oh, I'm at a genetically elevated risk to have higher levels of cholesterol, right? Because the lipid panel, your cholesterol group will have a stronger genetic tie than maybe other ones. So well, DNA isn't necessarily destiny. It's, again, having another tool in the toolbox to see like, okay, like my, my Gs are telling me that like this vitamin D could be an issue. So I need to make sure I stay on top of testing and then making sure my levels are staying optimized rather than just assuming it's low or assuming everything is okay. So it's also nice. And my mom has been using Inside Tracker since 2016 as well. <laughs> Uh, I made her, I made her do everything. So I, we looked, we compared our DNA and I was, I got this from you. <laughs> That's so funny. Wait, I have a question for you. So inside age, I did inside age and I was 10 years younger and having an autoimmune disorder. I was like, okay, hot damn, I'm doing something right. And then my husband, he was like his age and he was very disappointed. He's like, wait, but I, so I'm like, well, look at your inflammatory markers. Look at your liver markers. Like there's some cleanup work that needs to happen here. Yeah. But but like, how do you talk to me about the inside age? How should people think of it versus their chronological age? It analyzes 17 biomarkers for men, 13 for women to calculate your biological age. So this is kind of taking that certain data that we have 
And those biomarkers were found to have the most impact on those men and women as to their aging, healthy aging, longevity, et cetera. Interage, like 2.0, so it's a second version. It looks at the data from healthy individuals versus chronically ill individuals. So you're looking at a data set that is of people who are similar to you versus a lot of data where it, you know, very sick people. So it's, I know, it can be very discouraging <laughs> when your inner age is making you older. It's about the same age. If I'm not older, I'm usually like, whew, I'll take it, you know? <laughs> but it's, then you can pull up like, okay, you know, we'll break down, say, okay, this, like you said, your inflammation level is making you five years older or, you know, what's making you younger. And kind of, if that's one of your big goals, you can continue to focus on those particular biomarkers that might be throwing your inner age older than where you want it to be. I wanted to go back to vitamin D for a minute, because one of the things that I think most people don't know is that it's a pro-hormone. And I was wondering, actually, if you could tell the listeners what a pro-hormone is and what that means. Yeah, absolutely. Pro-hormone with vitamin D is pr produced photochemically in the skin. So base that's why we're getting it when you say like the sunlight. You know, your sunlight is helping your body convert. What is it? Let me see if I remember off the top of my head. What is it? Seven dehydrocholesterol. Do you know that? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, so I, rem I remember it into vitamin D for your body. So Basically, pro-hormone is an inactive precursor of a hormone. So when the sunlight, in this example, when the sunlight hits your skin, it activates that and creates the hormone. I have another inner age question. So can you, if you're making all of the suggested changes that Inside Tracker is asking you to make to optimize your blood work, can you actually watch yourself youth on the inner age? Yes, you absolutely can. You can see, you can pull up your trends over time and you can kind of see where you, where you were, how far you've made it. So you can see that inner age result from each test. And like I said, it will give you a projected trend of like, oh, if you keep this up in X amount of time, you'll be, I don't know. I don't know what my inner age was last time, but you'll be 31. It would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 46 and it was the last time I tested, I was 35. And I was like, I wonder how young I can go. So we'll see. But that's, that's amazing. I, I actually love this kind of stuff for me getting feedback at, on my you know, whim, really. Like, I get to do this. I'm in control. I don't have to ask anybody else for permission to get my blood work done. I do try to wait for longer periods than inside of three months because I know that with a busy life that I'm implementing changes as I can and putting more focus where I can. So I get that. Is there any other reason other than implementing change that one should wait for the three-month cycle? Is there any, is there something magic about that three-month cycle? That three-month cycle is just typically kind of that safe range to as to where we'll see impactful change on your biomarkers. Of course, some of these things like blood glucose will change daily. Some of these fluctuate daily, but for, you know, the majority or basically all of them, you should see an impactful change from your recommendations within three months because there's there'd be nothing worse than like spending the money, getting the blood work done because they know Getting blood work done, like the actual experience itself can be very 
challenging for a lot of people, create a lot of anxiety. So to go through all of that, spend the money and not have that time frame to start to see some changes is like, you know, not really like that positive reinforcement. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You really want to see a fair amount of change because it's from that that we get excited to keep going and, you know, make these healthy ha- changes into habits to support that long-term health over time. So I love Inside Tracker. Thank you for coming on today and chatting it through. I feel like having a- an insider talk about it is really wonderful. I've been promoting it and working with it and tracking my clients with it. And I I absolutely love it. I think it's those 43 biomarkers are really impactful on the human health. And I'm guessing that's how you guys chose it. How did you choose those 43 biomarkers? Yeah. So human health is is number one. That always it has been at the forefront of Inside Tracker. Our our chief science officer, Gil Blander, that's basically where this idea came from is he was a child and he lost someone very close to him and he wanted to kind of turn his life and his career into helping people live longer, live, try to live forever, but not just do, as we talked about earlier, just try to live to 100 and have low quality of life, but to also bring that quality of life along with it. A lot of people do ask why certain biomarkers like thyroid is not included within Inside Tracker. and do like to say that our science team is always evaluating new biomarkers to add to our panel. And there, there, there are some that I'm excited about that should be coming out in the near future. But certain things like thyroid we don't include is because the science team has not found within their like rigid structure of recommendations, interventions that will make that significant impact that you'll see in those biomarkers without medicine, right? Without a medical intervention, whatever type of provider you go to. So we're very, very making sure that, you know, it's like the proactive, yeah, we could tell you your thyroid's off, but the recommendations we could give you, they might have a small impact, but not enough for that significant impact to improve something. I mean, hypothyroid, we're looking, right? We're looking at protein and selenium and iodine. So you Mm -hmm. could see how maybe in the future they could do a hypo but Graves would probably be a very, like hyper would be a very different scenario. So how do you test one without the other, I, would, I guess. But I, I have gotten that question a lot of like, why not thyroid? Why not estrogen and progesterone? And I think yeah. for that, because it's more about the timing, like you would have to ask clients to time when they're going to test those sex hormones. Yep. Yes, exactly why. And that's why we do DHEAF, because it is a precursor to those sex hormones. And we don't, I mean, it's hard enough to get people <laughs> to fast and not exercise and et cetera, et cetera. So then we were like, if we were like, oh, you have to track your cycle too, like the block. <laughs> so that, yes, that is exactly why we don't test those. A hundred percent. I totally understand that. I, and I actually, it's funny that you said that because the first time I did Inside Tracker, I totally messed it up and I worked out and I think I did fast. I did fast, but I had worked out just that morning at a pretty hard workout. And I was like, oh, well, that's that an inflammatory marker right there. So, <laughs> right. Maybe even cortisol, too, if you worked out before the test. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Both of them were elevated. And I checked my blood work enough to know that that was like, okay, I, I slapped myself on the wrist. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's also the nice thing about like testing over time. You'd be like, like for me, I'm like, oh, that's like two days after I did that Ironman or like, oh, this is how my body responded to this type of training. So like you can also do it in the different seasons of life. Maybe you have a busy season at work 
And you want to see how your body is responding to the stress. Like what other interventions can you have to better manage that busy season at work? So it's also that snapshot of like, this is your life in this time. And what can you do to improve it during high stress? Or are we looking good in low stress? You know, no matter what the type of stress is. Do you think that each one of us has our particular, it's, let's just say that you're talking to somebody who throughout their life, they have optimized their nutrition. Do you think that within that range that some people's levels just fall at a certain range and that's just how their body works? Like I, like I said earlier, vitamin D, I've always been at 25. So it's why I've never, I feel great. And it's why I've never supplemented it. I just try to eat more eggs or get out and get, be conscious of getting in the sun for lunchtime or whatever. Because I'm like, what if that's my range? And then if I start supplementing it, am I messing with my natural range? So I do wonder about that. I think, and I'm curious your thoughts on it, because if we test enough in our life, we can probably see certain levels sitting around certain areas, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I see that happen. And I wish I could remember the biomarkers off the top of my head. Like they're in the optimized zone, but they're lower of the optimized zone. And the person gets very frustrated. They're like, but what? You know, for me, it's my HDL. Well, I'm happy if it's optimized. I am. I struggle to get that in the optimized zone, <laughs> but it's always sitting within a couple points. You know, that's a very stubborn biomarker too. But as an example, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is me. This is my genetics. I know I'm, you know, getting enough, you know, healthy fats in my avocado, avocado oil, olive oil, fatty fish, etc. And my body feels good. And rest of my lipid panel, my inflammation, those all look good. So I'm not concerned about it, right? It's also being able to zoom out and look at all these biomarkers together to be like, right, well, this isn't great, but like overall, the picture looks pretty good. And some of my clients is like, oh, I haven't lost any weight, but I'm like, but look at this. Like, look at how much you've improved. Like all these biomarkers related to your health, you know? So right. it, it's being able to look at it both hyper-focused, like this is what I need to do for my iron, but also zooming out and being like, hey, I'm doing a pretty good job. And I'm optimizing my health, which means healthier, longer. I get older, you know, I'm now headed into that scary range of menopause. And so everything I do now is for supporting my body to not crash land in the menopause, right? How do I do that? How do I manage stress? How do I nourish myself properly so that I can hopefully make a very not psycho entrance into menopause? So I, oh man, I've been working with more individuals who are going through that and I'm like, oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, not to say that I shouldn't, you know, like your feelings are valid, but like what you're doing, you're using the tools that you have to try to make this, make it the best entrance into that next phase of, of aging in a healthy, you know, supportive way. So. And it's coming for all women. So to, to have a game plan, you know, that's what I'm hoping to do for the people that I, that are watching me go through this time is like, I'm being very honest about my journey and I'm looking to optimize all the tools that I have. What's on my plate is one of the biggest ones. And, yeah. you know, between now until I'm 52, I'm either going to fall apart and disappear from social media or you're going to see a pretty cool transition into menopause. <laughs> I love it. We'll see what happens, you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It'll be glorious or not. Well, Stevie, thank you so much for coming on with me today and chatting one of my favorite topics, which is tracking biomarkers and optimizing health. So you're awesome. And again, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Have a beautiful day. 
Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Stevie Smith from Inside Tracker. I hope it gave you the inside information that you were looking for about blood work and how often you should get it and what all the biomarkers mean and so on and so forth. I really enjoyed sitting with Stevie and picking her brain. I love working with Inside Tracker. And if you are interested, I will go ahead and link in the show notes to Inside Tracker. You can also use my code UNIQUEPRO25 for 25% off if you decide to go ahead and get your blood work done. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have a wonderful day, evening, morning, wherever you are in this beautiful world. <laughs>